Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I am Connor from the House of L. And I'm Ray from the House of Zod. Uh, so a couple of things to get out of the way. First things first, yes, uh, there's a fan. The mic quality is not that good because my microphone broke and I don't have any money to replace it. You're in the fandom zone. Yes. So I actually started a Patreon on my Iron Fist podcast because that's bigger than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, we should I've start gotten... one for this one anyway, Connor. Uh, look, I mean, considering that ours aren't doing well at all, I don't... Yeah. No. Oh. I need money for Iron Fist, not, not this. Because um, mm-hmm. we go halves of this, so it's easier. Yeah, but, uh, but you know, why not? I might, I might drum something up. Why not? If, if you really want, sure, it's a better <laughs> chance. I mean, I have one patron on the Iron Fist one right now, and that's you. So. Yay! <laughs> yeah, no, so big props to Ray for that. Um, well, it's not much, but I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to support a lot of podcasts at the moment. Hey Just man, to... you see my post, one dollar helps. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that, like, if you weren't doing it, it would be at zero. So. <laughs> So any any listeners out there that are Iron Fist fans as well, go check it out. A little bit of cross cross promotion, but check it out. Connor does a, a, a fantastic job with the likes of Carl and Rebecca. Um, really good comic book reviews. Uh, I, I know Iron Fist is light years away from Superman, but if you happen yeah. to like the character, um, check it out. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks, man. Thanks, Ethan. Mm. awesome. Yeah, my Iron Fist podcast is good. It's like a jungle compared to here when it comes to civility. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, Carl and I are always just disparaging each other and insulting each other. Whereas whenever I insult Ray, he just kind of you know, <laughs> keeps being nice. So, oh, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yes, so and yeah, they are light years away. Um, mm. Usually, when someone asks me, "Oh, could a Superman crossover work with X?" I'm like, "Yes, straight away." Mm-hmm. With Iron Fist, I had to think for a bit. Yeah. It can work, but I did have to think about it. So. I think you were mentioning uh, it's probably more relevant Iron Fist and Shazam, right? I mean, a lot of magical, mystical elements there. Yeah, it, uh, you can do that, but you can also have technology and mm-hmm. science fiction and magic collide, which is True. kind of what Iron Fist almost was with the robot, remember? Um, so I always figured, you know, Lex Luthor and Master Khan team up. Ooh, oh, yeah, the, <laughs> the robot. That robot was fleeting, though. From, it from was, memory. but yeah. originally I think it was going to be yeah. technology-based. Um, and they have stuff like the portal and everything as well, which yes, is technology, true. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, But anyway, um, yeah, so that's that's what's happening with the microphone. Uh, apologies. I, I do want to get this fixed soon. Hopefully it will be. But until then, I just have to put up with like my fan and stuff because it's summer. It's the middle of summer and it is absolutely melting. So mm. it's pretty hot down here as well, Connor L. Down yeah. in the the doldrums of, of Zod House, um, it's pretty warm. Yeah. yeah. So lucky you got got the AC happening. But um, I feel you. I know. I know how yeah, it is. Very lucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Now uh, the next thing I want to get, um, I wanted to say was. Mm-hmm. Uh, some sad news you guys have probably seen me post it and I talked about it on the Iron Fist podcast as well is a friend of the show uh, John Bealey who came on with uh, Robert for our Swamp Thing episode mm-hmm. has passed away uh, very 
like suddenly, so it's you know not good. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I was told just to spread the word and stuff, so I'm spreading the word on here. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a. Sh- it was quite a shock. I mean, we. Uh, uh, we were fortunate enough to have John on for an episode, and um, immediately we kind of, um, I guess, I guess you would say, kind of, we we kind of clicked with him. It's very easy to talk. He was very easy to yeah, talk to. Yeah, both both him and Robert. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, um, but John John's so enthusiastic though. Mm. <laughs> if he's talking about something he likes. He's crazy enthusiastic. Um, yeah. So, in case any of you knew John and didn't know that. Um, yeah, I mean, I only knew John a few months, but I had a lot of fun corresponding with him. I really enjoyed it. We talked about Luke Skywalker a lot because <laughs> I think that's his favorite character of all time. So yeah, he was mad for it. Um, yeah, so it's a real shame. I did want to have him and John on. Uh, sorry, him and Robert on mm-hmm. uh, in the future, but obviously, you know. Yes, um, uh, I, I, I would still like to have Robert on if he would. Yes, um, like as well. Yeah, on the, on the Swamp Thing podcast, uh, Rob uh, made a, an announcement as well. So indefinite hiatus, uh, yeah. under, understandably. Uh, and also, just want to you know share our deepest condolences as well to the family and friends of John. So um, yeah, just uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, as I said, I only knew him a few months, and mm-hmm. it, it like hit me kind of hard when it happened on the day it happened. So it's I can't even imagine what. You know his long, his lifelong friends and family and everything are going yeah. through right now. So oh, for sure, uh, send your thoughts, prayers, or whatever you do to them. Uh, but you know, I'll point out. Uh, yeah, so he ran the Fandalorian podcast, or he was co-hosting on that. I'm not sure because I didn't listen to it. Uh, and he's also co-hosting on Swap Things podcast and he had a website as well. We'll put all that mm-hmm. stuff in the show notes. And I'll put his tribute page in there as well if you want to have a look at that. Um, so, yeah, sucks. Yeah, the podcasting community, Connor, is um, it's funny. I mean, obviously, podcasting is vast, but uh, pocket, pockets are formed, especially you know from our corner yeah. of the comic book kind of realm. Um, so they you know, I I tend to think they're you know, quite close, close-knit as a community, mm. and, and word carries around pretty quickly, and, and as you say, um, people come on to other people's shows, and, and you get to meet these wonderful people from all over the world. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no matter, you know, if we knew a, a, a month or so, a couple of months, uh, it's still it's still pretty hard-hitting, because, you know, we do, we know where John's coming from, and, and vice versa, we all love what we do, um, and yeah, we're, we're quite supportive of each other, so yeah. Yeah, and it's, yeah. It's it, uh, like I was. I was trying to end on a silver lining. I don't really have one though. Um, so <laughs> you know, it just sucks. And I think out of all the guests, all the people I've ever done podcasts with, and I've done yep. podcasts with Ray, he's like the most enthusiastic and cheerful person. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not just making this up. Like he's so cheerful and into it. I mean, we were <laughs> on that issue for hours, <laughs> just talking about how great it was. You yep. know. Yeah. Um, so it really sucks that you go on, John. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll absolutely. And look, it's kind of the silver lining is there in that the fact that John touched a lot of people, and he did. I mean, I've, I read uh, yeah, a lot of. Um, uh, I didn't know he knew that Wilches. many people actually. Mm, and he's been podcasting and writing for a long time. Yeah. Uh, this was outside of his usual occupation. His you know his real world occupation, but he uh, 
he carved this niche for himself. He touched a lot of people. Uh, he he had a, a quite a, what I understand, quite a a big memorial uh, service from from people sending in at least messages. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the silver lining is he, he was a great bloke, and he um and he actually I think affected a lot of people's lives for the better. So that's you know that's something that we can take away. Yeah, and uh, he was big in the Highlander fandom as well, apparently. Mm, yeah. And he wrote, uh, he was really funny, he wrote this thing, um, do you remember that, when Man of Steel was coming out, do you remember that ad that was like Superman with a burger? Oh, okay, right. Well, it was an American ad, like, so it wouldn't yeah. have shown here, but I looked yeah. it up. And he was just, like, it was just Superman, I, I don't know, it was like Henry Cavill's Superman, Man of Steel, and it was an ad about a burger, and yeah. I loved it. And he wrote a review for the burger, and one of the lines cracking up is like, "I would follow this sandwich into the sun." <laughs> and that just they'd be laugh a lot because yeah. yeah, obviously that's a that's a play on lines from the movie and all stuff. But um, yeah, so uh, why don't we end on that note then, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll go on to what we're doing today, which is so we're going to do some quick reviews. You know, uh, brief. They're not the main event reviews of the new comics that have come out, which have been a few because there was like delays and stuff. So they all kind of came out in a bunch. Mm-hmm. So we have four. Uh, do you want to pick one first? Yeah, Actually, sure. We have three. Sorry, three. But we did both three Hell Arisen, so we may as well talk about it a bit. Well, let's let's kick off with Hell Arisen then, just yeah. to um, because that was the most tangential, I think. To, to Superman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Initial thoughts. Um, I didn't read issue two, so uh, issue one, sorry. So I, I'm coming from a different perspective. I, I found it a little, um, a little boring, to be honest. I, uh, the story was, was dead simple, which was fine. It was, it was Apex Lex against the, what are they, Secret Six or something? Um, and he just pretty much laid waste to them. Uh, I I wasn't too much a fan of the art, uh, and I just, I don't know, I just found it, we were hyping, I mean, but we were hyping ourselves up, well, I was hyping myself up with Apex Lex and Batman Who Laughs, Um, and this issue, I don't know, just didn't do for for me. How about yourself? Uh, Yeah, I didn't like it. I really hated the fact that, oh, Lex is like, oh, Batman Who Laughs is smarter than me, because Mm. Batman Who Laughs is seemingly just this omniscient god that no one can ever possibly outsmart. Oh, uh, yeah, such he's... a stupid character that I hate. Uh, Judge <laughs> Death Markov. Yeah. Um, who's happened to be involved in like a decent story, which was the Batman Superman run. And, yeah. then, and then at the end, Lex is like, oh, I need the Joker's help to figure out how to do Batman Who Laughs. I'm like, no! Yeah. I wanted Lex versus Batman Who Laughs. I wanted a battle a bit. So, you know... Lex going to for the Joker's help in like the end of the second issue. I'm just like, no, nah, mm. I don't, I don't, I don't think the Joker is this super awesome, chaotic genius that yeah. everyone else seems to. Um, you know, yeah. I know he's supposed to be, especially in recent times, and they did it with like the Dark Knight and stuff. How he's just, ooh, no one can predict what he's gonna do, yeah. and. Just yeah, yeah. I mean, I with this issue and and the, and the other one that we'll cover, which is Action One Zero One Nine, I find the inconsistency with um, I don't know, I don't want to call it power sets, but with um, with genius levels and stuff of or portrayals of some characters. Um, yeah, yeah. I it mean, just it, I mean, Lex is meant to be 
like tip top right and and i don't know of course maybe they're making batman who laughs maybe they're elevating him way above that i don't know but but as you say for him to go to the joker i mean how have their relationships been in the past lex and the joker i would i would assume lex probably looks down on the joker is that would that be fair yeah i would say so yeah unless you know i'm sure there's like some panel out there or something that lex oh i respect the joker or something but from what it, whenever i've read lex and the joker together yeah which isn't really that much okay. um you know lex has thought little of the joker really yeah um, has a has joker does the joker have a genius intellect as well i'm not sure probably okay I, like the thing is with the joker he's a character i generally don't care about or who annoys me? So I, I like. I got excited for the movie because it looked good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was okay. Um, and you know, I liked. I liked some of like the Bronze Age Joker stories and stuff. But the wave of obsession with the Joker that kind of started. Yeah, like what two thousands, <clears throat> and it's just not stopped. I'm just not like. Yeah. Well, he's a meaty uh, role, isn't he? Like, he, he, I think actors would love to play him because he's there's a lot there too, you know, to kind of not ham up. Because he can make anything up you want about the character because he doesn't really mm. have a set backstory or anything. So yeah, which is the beauty of it. Yeah, the beauty of it. I mean, Heath Ledger had a take on him himself uh, with, with Christopher Nolan um, and uh, Joaquin Phoenix has, uh, you know, with... Um, Todd, is it Todd Phillips? The, yeah, the director. Yeah. So I mean, it's a field day for for them to to kind of plunder how to, how to portray him. And, and, yeah. Sorry. Analysis. Oh Lord, save me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Hellraiser. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think we share the same the same thoughts. Um, what yeah, do you think I'll, of art? The art wasn't that good. I thought. Um. The art. <laughs> Yeah, I honestly I don't actually remember the artwork. Okay. Like, I remember thinking it was fine. Mhm. I don't remember it bugging me at all. So. Okay. Or just a little um. Or just a little uh, I don't know, simple for me, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because um, having that expectation of Batman, Superman, David Marquez, having the Batman who laughs in that. I don't know, and seeing some covers um, that were teasing in the previews for for Hell Arisen, the art looked pretty pretty kick ass. Uh, I, I was I just wasn't expecting the interiors. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. So the Joker has unique physiology because of his pain resistance, tainted blood toxic immunity. He has cheating death. He has cosmic awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, his abilities, indomitable will. So his insanity or frame of mind made him immune to the Spectre's judgment. I find that really stupid. Does that mean, like, yeah, wow. any person who's completely insane just can't be judged by the Spectre? Or is it just the Joker? Well, and he's meant to be, like, top-level insane or something, isn't he? Like, he is <laughs> super, in, super insanity or something. I don't know. I've read that somewhere. Super sanity, yeah. Super sanity, in, yeah. That was in, uh, I think, Hell on Earth, Arkham Asylum, Hell yeah. on Earth or something, which I really enjoyed that, actually. Uh, let's see, uh, genius level intellect, yeah, there you go. Yeah, And he also okay. has gadgetry, escapology, and tactical analysis. I guess he's unassuming because he, he acts like a bit of a larrikin. He acts like a bit of a, 
a, a bit of a joker. <laughs> well, I mean, so, that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, but behind, underneath all that, he's, he's quite calculating. Um, oh, it, yeah. It's kind of funner when he's, like, not calculating, though, mm. if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's kind of funny when he's just a lunatic going around doing whatever or just being really sadistic and there's no yeah. deep master plan going on. Yeah. I never really cared for that. True. Um, but anyway, enough of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Hellraiser, I wasn't, I don't know, I barely even remember it, so I'm just going to give it a four. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a, about a four. It really wasn't, it was vastly forgettable for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I might still pick up the next one just because I just want to see something happen <laughs> because the, the, the premise sounds so good. Mm-hmm. So I just want to see something good happen. Um, so I might just hang on for one more issue. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm pretty dubious of the involvement of the actual Joker because, like, even yeah. Batman and the Joker have already teamed up to fight Batman Who Laughs. So, mm, yeah. Oh, why don't you just go away? He's been defeated a few times. Anyway, um, yeah, so let's do... Uh, what was next? Let, why don't we get from that... Why don't we go to Batman Superman 6? Yeah, okay. Um, so what were your overall impressions? Uh, look, I found Wonder Woman to be pretty annoying. Okay. And on a high horse, in fact. And then what bugged me is Clark and Bruce are beating themselves up over the fact that they kept it secret. But we forget that they kept it... Like, I feel like they kept it secret for a good reason. Yep. And if it worked out, then there would be no problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if them telling a bunch of people would have actually helped anything. Or yeah. made it worse. And one woman gives, us, gives them this huge guilt trip. And they both <laughs> act like they're boys that are being told off by their mum. Yeah. And they're all sad and stuff. And it's like, oh, we have to do it a different way. And yeah. I'm like, well, no, not really. But... Anyway, I just I didn't like the issue. I'll probably give it uh, four because oh, the really? art is good. I just I just didn't enjoy reading it. Okay. So, but you know, I'm still looking forward to the new arc. Yep. Yeah. Um, I a little different for me. I really enjoyed it actually. Um, so I'd give it about a like a six and a half or something. I think it's a, a pretty decent issue. Again, the art was was fantastic. Um, I just love the I love the da- dynamic of obviously the, the heavy hitters of DC. So you got Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman as well. Um, no, I thought I thought I mean I don't know. Again, I don't know too much about all these characters. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was just um, I thought it was fun. I, I, th- I thought it was good. That uh, yeah. I mean. I can see where you're coming from, that she's kind of like t- telling them off. Um, but uh, I think it served, you know, it, it served the purpose. Uh, Josh Williamson um, has to kind of, I guess, have Batman and Superman go through a bit of a... I think that's his intent, obviously, to make them well, yeah, feel a bit guilty. So around for the rest yeah. of the issue with the really dramatic in a monologue, which I didn't really okay. care for. Yeah, no, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, a lot be- far better than Hell the Risen, so, um, yeah. Six yeah. and a half. Yeah, yeah. 6.5? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's go to Superman 19. Ugh. <laughs> That's my thoughts on the issue. Oh, oh yeah. Man, yeah. what a pile of crap. Oh. Uh, again, we've said this before, but Ivan Reese is the only good thing yes. about that book, and I'm glad he's drawing a space fight with yes. Mongol. That's going to yeah. last for three issues, apparently. So I'm excited for that. I'm not excited for this writing. 
Yeah, uh, I would agree with you. The shining lights would be Ivan Reese and the appearance of Mongol. And isn't he looking good, you know, with he Ivan Reese? He's looking He's... really cool. He doesn't really sound like Mongol, but he okay, yeah. looks good, so... Well, Mongol's had a bit of a... I mean, from the issues that we've read, he, I don't know, he's had a bit of a different tone. Well, at least he's time. powerful again. Yeah, 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 at least he's powerful. Um, I love him I love him going up against Superman. It surprised me that, that he actually got the better of Superman at the end, and but it was a glorious, nice um, splash page with Superman at the back. Uh, again, just problems with the writing. Uh, number one, I think I mentioned with you, Connor, I mean, I don't want to read half or two-thirds of a, a comic issue just about someone's employment. Um, you know, maybe some fans would find that in, exciting, you know, in the boardroom with Perry White and Clark and Lois and stuff. It's good if it's written well. Yeah. I just didn't it's really not. care. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even the, even the, di- yeah, exactly. Even the dialogue wasn't engaging. Um, it was trying to be, but for me, it wasn't. And again, again, one of the big things, then we shift to the cosmos, you know, with some aliens talking about stuff and they all sound like they're from New York. They all sound like they're, (laughs) they're like Bendis, uh, locals from, from America. You you know what I mean? Um, and again, that Bendisism's coming up and I know we talk about it a lot, but unfortunately, it's on the back of my mind, at least. And whenever I read it, um, and it sprouts out, especially when it's aliens who should not be speaking, like, um, with jargon from from the east side of, of, of you know. They don't, yeah, they don't even sound, yeah, they, they sound awful. Yeah. Um, um, and, and look, just to counter this as well, just recently I read the Brian Michael Bendis um, Sarah Pacelli's uh, Spider Men, which was released, I don't know, somewhere in the 2000s. Um, and it was the first time that Spider Man met up with Miles Morales um, as a five issue limited series. Fantastic. Like, I think Bendis's sort of dialogue, like, slots in really well with the spider people, certainly slots yeah. in with Miles and Peter Parker. Um, so, again, I don't want to take anything away from him. He, he can write really well. Uh, I don't know, just in this arena with uh, Superman and, and the likes and and with cosmic stuff, um, it, it happened with Guardians of the Galaxy as well. You know, people started sounding like, sounded like the same, you know, and and, and that's a big yep. problem with me. Um, so only Owen Reese and, um, and Mongol were the shining lights for this. I would give this, um, I'd give it a, a five. Because of the heavily because of the art and for, for Mongol because I'm excited to see Mongol but yeah other than that yeah I, I think I gave it a three oh uh, okay yeah I, I just I just didn't like it and it's yeah. funny because it, he started off these two runs and there was less Bender speak and now it's just like generic bad Bender's comic yeah yeah um, I totally understand and it's just yeah. disappointing and. Uh, going on to Disappointment, Action Comics <laughs> 1019, uh, we've read the first issue, we're like, oh, that's pretty good, and ever mm. since then we've been waiting for it to do something good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this one. Um, well, I didn't mind that Superman wasn't in it most of it, you know, because it, it is interesting with Lex and the Legion of Doom. Oh, yeah, that, that's not the problem. Mm, no, no, not at all, no, no, not at all, but... Um, Oh, there's a lot of pontificating um, and a lot of banter between um, Leviathan and Lex 
and uh, was it the Red Cloud and stuff? And and after all that, you know, the big plan is for Red Cloud to kill Superman, and that they went around about and you know all over the place, talking really abstractly. So you can't, for me anyway, I couldn't. Um, I'm trying to glean what they're saying, but they're they're speaking at such an abstract level, you don't really know you know what their intent is and then it's finally revealed that yeah we're going to get red cloud to to try and kill superman it's like really is that the big plan <laughs> i mean um and you know the art i found uh is okay john romita jr um but also what we mentioned before connor the characterizations of brainiac and for me for sinestro those two they seem to be hugely underdone they're, stu- they're like stupid comic relief. Yeah. Brainiac. And Brainiac is a huge, huge villain. Yeah. I mean, sure, he could be goofy sometimes in the Silver Age, but, yeah. you know, this level of... He, he was still able to do stuff. Like, he's yeah. just... Here, he's... I don't know. He just kind of seems like a... Yeah, comic relief. And, I mean, the one thing I liked, I guess, was Lex. Yep. I thought Lex was well done throughout the issue. I'd agree. Yep. Yep. Um, and I liked, you know, how Bendis didn't shove Leviathan as being better than Lex. But he's definitely building him up. He's obviously building Leviathan up. He is, and that's fine. You yeah. can build stuff up as long as it feels earned when they reach that level. But, uh, and I, I liked how they were discussing their plans, and Lex is like, you know, this whole revenge thing's stupid. you got to make everyone think you're the good guy, stuff like that. Mm. Um, but, like, other than that, the issue sucked. And I am at the point where I'm like, do I even want to be getting these anymore? Do yeah. I want them on my pool, or do I just want to get rid of them? Because they've been bad for a while now. Yeah. So, like, I'll, I'll see this Mongol thing, I'll see how that goes, I'll see how the end of this little bar thing, thing goes, but man, like... yeah. Uh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to 5G because if John is Superman, then I can just drop these titles with no uh, qualm <laughs> yeah. and just pick up uh, standalone Superman stuff or other stuff that looks yeah. interesting instead of the main titles because they stink right now. Yeah. I mean, and you've got to be smart with your money as well. I mean, these things Absolutely. aren't cheap. Comics aren't cheap these days. And if you don't, like, if you come out with a bad taste or if you come out with a very bland reaction to what you're reading, um, yeah. I mean, I would do like what you're considering, Connor, as well. I just drop it. I, my money's better invested elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, I dropped the Last God, and I I was enjoying the Last God more mm. than I'm enjoying these. I just felt like the Last God benefit yeah. from a trade read. Just... Well, yeah. I mean, that the beauty of it is that you know, if you do hear later down the line that things pick up, you can always then you know pick it up as a as a trade or as a collection. Um, yeah. Unless, of course, you're a huge, uh, you're serious kind of singles comic collector. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's still always attainable, so. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that was that. And I don't know if I mentioned last episode or not, but I read Superman Slashes The Clan 2. Mm, yeah. Uh, I How enjoyed that? that. I guess I'm just used to the art style now. My expectations aren't Golden Age, even though it's set in the 40s. It's not really Golden Age, and it just had more Superman in it and less set up than mm-hmm. the first issue and I enjoyed it more so I gave that like 3 out of 5 stars on Goodreads as opposed to my 1 star for the first issue so I'm looking forward yeah. to the third one cool 
Yeah. Um, so that's all out the way. Why don't we go to our main event, the reason we're here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so are you ready to go to Metropolis? Abso-freaking-lutely. All right. Up, 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 up and away. And away. Whilst on his regular patrol, Superman notices a strange aura surrounding the Galaxy Broadcasting Building. Upon arrival, Superman is assaulted with the sight of a monster made from pure electricity. Both Jimmy and Lois try to confront the beast, but Superman intervenes and is no more successful in defeating the seemingly indestructible behemoth. A momentary blackout ensues before the mysterious disappearance of the um, electrical monster. Superman decides to investigate further as Clark and discovers from the cutting-edge technology of Mr. Edge's supercomputer from the transmission building that the aura was radiation from quark energy. It's not long before the electronic ghost is sighted at the transmission tower and so Superman flies off to confront it once more. After saving Lois from a close shave, Superman seemingly obliterates the ghost by hurling a steel beam at it. Elsewhere, a group of thugs conspire to earn money through a device called the Wraith Razor. They send a note to the WGBS Broadcasting Office claiming that they are responsible for the electronic ghost. Signed by Teach Gilbert, Clark, who works at WGBS alongside Lois and Jimmy, drops everything to follow the lead as Superman. Teach Gilbert intends to blackmail the city mayor with the device, but Superman intervenes and proves the Wraith Razor to be nothing but a hoax. After Teach Gilbert and his cronies are arrested, Superman spots the purple aura again and follows its trail to the nuclear power plant. A chain reaction begins in the plant, but with a bit of quick thinking, Superman hurls the reaction room up out of the atmosphere and into space. Superman surmises that the electronic ghost is connected to Mr. Edge's main computer as the transmitter tower and nuclear power plant are fed both by the main line of the very own supercomputer. Superman tracks down the location of the supercomputer and it's revealed the electronic ghost is the child of the supercomputer who has attained artificial intelligence. One final battle ensues as Superman goes head-to-head -head with the electronic ghost, but after destroying some of the computer's cables, Superman is able to defeat both the supercomputer and the electronic ghost. Superman is left feeling empty at having destroyed two beings who had only just come to life. The supercomputer as the parent, and the electronic ghost its child. Yeah, okay. so, so there's a backup issue, but we'll do that after. Yes, and sorry, at the, at the outset as well, I forgot to mention The Amazing Adventures of Superman, number 244. Ah, yes. This was, yes. Um, and the title of this story is The Electronic Ghost of Metropolis. Just get yes. these credits out of the way so we can dive into the issue. We have story by Denny O'Neill, art by Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson. Classic. And mm -hmm. edited by Julie Schwartz. Now, let me just say, what the hell, Superman? Um, <laughs> This issue, Ray, pick. this is one of Ray's picks. Ray's randoms, yeah. Uh, Ray's randoms. And if you do a random from the 70s, you're always going to enjoy it. It might not always be good, but I think it, odds are it's going to have good artwork. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the 70s is just... I love 70s Superman. 
Um, yeah. And in fact, I think this podcast loves it as well because we've gone there a few times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, so Ray's like, oh yeah, the story. Oh yeah, this was like you know super just fun and light and nice uh, as you're reading it. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. You know, and I mm-hmm. was like, really bad day, and I got back in, and I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, this, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, familiar, familiarity with Denny O'Neill, Kurt Swan mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, hey, this is a fun adventure. You know, weird monster. Yes. Uh, good design for the mm-hmm. monster as well. Yep. Um, you know, Superman has to figure out how to stop it. Lots of crazy, like, science fiction logic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to the end where Superman is like, oh, this thing and its child, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. con- they're pretty much technically alive, and then he kills them. Yeah, um, and he says humanity's not ready for you guys, and he feels bad at the end. But it's like, wow, <laughs> I didn't expect like it to end like that or have some like messed up. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, God, these Bronze Age Superman stories, man, they always have some weird messed up moral, some downer. Uh, I know, I know. You're kind of feeling good and happy for most of it, and then just the last page is like, what? Yeah. Um. So it's like. I don't know how to feel about this. And I, like, I mean, for God's sake, it's going, please, Papa, and stuff. So I reached out uh, to people to provide feedback and mm-hmm. yeah, the discussion thread, but uh, we haven't gotten anything. And that's understandable because this is not yes. on Comixology or in any collection. So if you want to read this, you're going to have to uh, do it by uh, illegal means, which <laughs> I think is, you know, justified. Because mm. it's not available, really. Well, you're gonna have to buy the single issue itself, which I will. You might be able to now. Yeah, I mean, and for especially our US listeners, I know with the bug and bins and stuff, you might easily be able to to find this if you, um, you know, scrummage yeah. around in those bins. A bit yeah, harder so if you're Australian. It's about twenty bucks for us. Twenty like, bucks, really? Yeah. Jeez. Okay, 16. I thought. It, Plus three fifty postage. Oh, okay. Yeah, these both. I mean, Connor. Geez, these US listeners, they are lucky. I know some of them. Um, even seemingly expensive issues, they can they can pick up for a dollar or, yeah. or um, you know, at the highest. Um, so it depends on your LCS and where you go. But um, yeah, a lot more available there than than us poor Aussies. Yeah. Um, it is, and it's also hard to, like, even if you do physically get this, it's hard to get on short notice as well. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, but, like, um, and, I mean, I know some fans will verse in the Bronze Age, but I didn't really want to send them the link I use for this because there's a lot mm-hmm. of pornography ads. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, I, I did like this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the, you know, I like... TV Anchorman Clark or like that whole <laughs> thing they did. So what's happened um, there, Connor? Can you elaborate a little bit? So they're no longer part of the Daily um, Planet. What so happened? So this dude, Morgan Edge, bought out the Daily Planet. Okay. And this is a whole thing back at the time, like in the 70s, they wanted to sort of update a lot of people and Superman was one of them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, print's dying. We have television. Yep. Uh, right, so they made, okay, sure. Yeah, there's all heaps of commentary, like, Morgan Age bought it out, and the Daily Planet went, like, all digital. It's all, like, television and stuff now. Mm-hmm. It's called weekly... Uh, it's called World Galaxy Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really ironic, because Superman's a newspaperman again. Um, but, yeah, this was... 
So he was like this until uh, the John Byrne reboot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, fact, wow. Uh, so I think about in Danny O'Neill's first issue in his run is when the change took place. Right. And I think that was like 20 issues before this, something like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's the deal with that. And I, I like it. It changes up dynamic a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it's a good feel for the time as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. No, great. Um, yeah, I, you know, not that I chose this or anything like that, but I um, I did really enjoy this. Uh, and I think, as you mentioned, you hit it on the head, Connor. I think Superman in the 70s, I think a lot of comics in the 70s, because I'm reading a lot of old um, a lot of old comics as well, Yeah, uh, it's a really nice feel. There's a real nice feel to it. Uh, and, you know, whether or not that is because of the um the rose colored glasses of nostalgia i don't know mm. but but there is a different storytelling to it there, there's a there's kind of like an innocence to it um it, it and yeah i don't know kurt swan's art was was great i i love that um and this was just a fun thing i mean it, it, apart from the very end which which kind of threw me a little yeah and kind of like it's just like oh 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 i don't feel so good now i mean like i don't feel so happy that uh, that he kind of defeated them, for for the most part, it was it was a nice adventure. I loved this whole. I think I mentioned to you, Connor, as well. This precursor to the internet, as well. The yeah. super supercomputer. You can ask it anything. Or like this precursor to Google. Just um. So Clark goes into the um the computer room at the broadcasting building, and he just asks asks the thing, "Is there a monster in the building?" <laughs> you know, which is pretty. I don't know. I just thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Then he decides to actually um apply a little bit more more science to it so he asks asks about the the aura and and he gets the the information about the quark energy um so those little bits were really cool um typical 70s and this is in 71 so it's very early so we're we're talking 60s to 70s um typical 70s these thugs trying to you know con coming up with his harebrained scheme so he's got this uh, wraith razor and and again um so he tries to blackmail the, the mayor and i love this fact that superman calls him out and again through these this detail of technology superman saying oh those are it's a double exposure or something um you can tell yeah because he, he's um he's obviously worked with photography and stuff before you can tell that that was a hoax um yeah all that stuff was was a lot of fun uh, as well as the just you know superman fighting this thing and not really knowing how yeah. to defeat it uh so it had all the ingredients for a really enjoyable tale i found yeah and um and, and we can talk about it later as well the uh, the backup story which um i, I read yeah. as well um so very sci-fi based um and and i kind of like these sorts of stories yeah um and this is like the 70s is a i mean geez even in like the 60s or superman because uh, i mean we read few episodes back return to krypton yep which was what like 1960 wasn't it i think uh, so early early 60s right so writers are always like exploring mm. superman's character i mean yep. 10 issues before this you had like must there be a superman mm-hmm. um, and especially in the 70s like i don't know uh it's just like these moral quandaries and it was the same in denny o'neill's run as well and uh this is like a couple issues after his run has ended he just did an issue here and there but like that whole 
Denny O'Neill's whole run was like, am I too powerful and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, and so he wrote this issue. And so it's like, I don't know. Is this Superbad's fault or is this Denny O'Neill's fault? <laughs> is uh, kind of what I'm getting at. Um, oh. For, of, for what? Well, the, the, the final the bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Daniel O'Neill is like kind of famously on the record for saying he has absolutely no connection to Superman. Okay. Like he doesn't relate to a single aspect of the character, so he always found Superman extremely difficult to write. Yeah. Um, so he's never been proud of his Superman work. He says he did it as professionally as he could, but uh, like he never had a connection to the character. Yeah. Like he did to other characters, um, like Batman and stuff. Uh, um, so it's like, this is a case of, like, because obviously, I'm, I'm not saying this is derogatory, it's like, well, he doesn't, he doesn't understand Superman, I feel like. Yeah. Like, I don't know, he's, it's tricky, because he's written some good, really great Superman stories, but his statements and stuff lead me to believe that he doesn't understand Superman. I'm not yeah. saying that is like a bad thing and that he's stupid, I'm just saying like, if he doesn't. Like, he just doesn't get him. Yeah. And why he appeals to people. Yeah. So yeah, it's I, like, yeah. is he trying to do some deep thing with Superman here? And he's... Is this him just trying to create, like, a interesting moment or something? Or... I tend to think of the, the, the latter there, Connor, as well. I mean, I'm totally... I may be totally off base as well. It's interesting to hear that you say um, about Denny O'Neill and his take on Superman. Because reading this and going back... Like I, I always try to kind of reverse engineer <laughs> these stories and see yeah. how, how things are formed. Mm. And my take on it is that um, things kind of fell in place for Denny O'Neill. Uh, so the way I, the narrative I see in my head is that Denny O'Neill came up with this, this electronic ghost, very mysterious sort of thing, um, and he wanted to add some some technology aspects. So with Mr. E- Mr. Edge's, Morgan Edge's um, supercomputer, I yeah. felt like that um, from that, he had to, obviously, as he was writing it, explain where the hell this ghost came from. And I think it fell into place for him that it had to be connected with the computer. And then and then it seemed like a great ending because, you know, who, who doesn't like a, a grandstand, you know, ending? And yeah. so to have Superman defeat him, uh, defeat both of them, but have that kind of, um, you know, profound ending of, oh, gosh, I've just, you know have I done the right thing? And, and yeah. it seemed like that kind of organically formed as he wrote it. So further on to what you said, I don't think, yeah, he considered the character of Superman, but I think he ran with this idea, like as he was writing it, going, oh, this can happen, this can happen. Oh, yeah, 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 this is a good ending. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened. And unfortunately, um, you know, whether or not Superman would have acted that way, uh, he didn't really take that into consideration. I think it's in the realm that he would have acted that way. Okay, But yeah. I do think he would have tried a lot harder to avoid yeah. that ending. I would have thought so as well. Like he's ultra-compassionate Superman. Because he right? doesn't... That, the thing that bugs me is because... I've said before, like, when it comes to the very few times Superman is killed, I don't really have a problem with any of them. Yeah. Just for me, they're all justified and the circumstances are fine and stuff. 
But in this is like he never looks for an alternative. Like he doesn't look for an alternative once. No. He just kills it. And then he feels bad afterwards, sure. And that's yeah. fine. But the thing that gets me is that he just he never looks for an alternative. Yes. And that is just like you know, that doesn't that doesn't work for me. I mean, you know, yeah. in Man of Steel, God knows they set it up so yeah. much that there was no alternative and he's like, Please don't make me do this, but in this he's like it's the reverse. It's like, please don't hurt my child. And he's like, oh, he's no, tall. you're yeah. too powerful for humanity right now. Yeah. Yoink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a bit, it sounds, it sounds a bit callous. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. He, um, yeah, that's, the, <laughs> that's just the way that it's kind of eventuated. And, um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of voicings here with Superman that, that is a bit weird. I don't know if it's the 70s or not. I mean, one of the things, that was more of a humorous thing. It's on page two, when Superman first encounters the ghost. you got Denny O'Neill writing in Superman's thought bubble. Wee-hoo! <laughs> I've never seen anything <laughs> like it, you, you know? So there's a, I don't know, there's there's a different, I don't know, different side of Superman um, that you see. But, I yeah. guess I do have Denny O'Neill's run in hardcover. It's in a... Okay. It's actually in a DC. It's I think it's called DC Classics Collection, Kryptonite Nevermore, mm-hmm. and it creates this full kind of run, which is actually the. It's pretty much the debut of Bronze Age Superman. Okay. Uh, so as I said, like it's a good run, despite Danny O'Neill's feelings towards Superman, he actually wrote like a good Superman run. Mm. Um, so. And it's actually the start of the Bronze Age as well for Superman. So if anyone's into 70s and Bronze Age Superman, I do highly recommend that collection as well. Um, It doesn't have the best Bronze Age stories ever, but it has a lot of good ones. Uh, One I've actually, I think I said to you before, Ray, where he's cranky that he's losing his powers. Oh, right, yeah. And everyone starts to blame him and stuff for not saving buildings, and he's like, seriously? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it'd be interesting. I my impression that is that he, Danny O'Neill doesn't run with it, but it would be interesting if in the latter issues after this, if there is any ramifications for what Superman has done for this and for this whole, I guess, moral of taking a life. You know, I, it seems like he doesn't. I mean, it seems like this is wrapped up, and he probably will forget about it by two thousand yeah, two hundred forty-five. Yeah, wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. Which, which again makes it like a really, um, which, which kind of furthers my my theory that he kind of just wrote this thing. It kind of came together, and he had no no uh, intent to to continue this or to delve into Superman's character with it. Well, um, he. He'd already had a full run at this point, so... Right, okay. So yeah. the, his run was 233 to 238, then oh, 240 yeah, so. to 242. Okay. And this is 244, and after this, he still does more issues. He does 247, 253, 254, okay. 353, and 351. Um, okay. So, but, like, the the next issue that he does is, like, three issues away, so I doubt it's, like, a continuing story. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem... I mean, um, it seems that, like... Yeah, that would be interesting, but I do doubt that. Yeah, I doubt it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, weird issue. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, look, it's 
It's not the end of the world. Oh, Superman killed someone. It's just, it's just, a, no. it's just a strange issue with a strange resolution that felt a bit out of character. And, and writing wise, it just it came out in the last last page or so, or, or last two pages. So it, you know, there was no build up to it. It was just kind of all of a sudden, you know, this is what it is, and um, and it, you get the discovery of the electronic ghost being the child of the supercomputer, and then within a couple of panels then superman kills them both it's very abrupt yeah. Um, yeah i mean i enjoyed this issue but it's still one of the weaker bronze age issues i've read okay. and yeah recently for um signal of doom which i co-host on i'll put the show notes uh dave my co-host he chose uh superman bronze age issue to talk about which was the restoration of candor mm-hmm into a city. I can't remember the name of the issue, but I will put it in the show notes. And in that issue, they they, they have this whole scheme to re-enlarge Candor, and they need to use Brainiac's technology. Mm-hmm. So they have to go Brainiac into a fight. And I can't remember how, but it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so him and Supergirl go Brainiac into a fight, and I think they need to get Brainiac to shrink ray, so he shrinks Superman. Mm-hmm. And they do something, and it reflects, and Brainiac also gets shrunk. And they need the energy from Brainiac's ray gun, so Supergirl has an enlarging gun, and she uses it on Superman. And Brainiac is like shrinking into nothingness, and he's like, "Superman, help me!" And Superman's like, "We have to help him. You got yeah. to enlarge him. You know, no one deserves this." Yeah. And Brainiac, like Brainiac's an AI. Superman knows that Brainiac is like a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's still kind of going to Supergirl. Like, you have to save his life. Well, they, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Supergirl doesn't because they need all the energy for Candor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's the thing. Like, Brainiac's not only an AI, he's a really evil AI. Yeah, um, and yet Superman still, yeah. Yeah, like, goes, like, you know, no one deserves to go like this. Yeah. And Superman, like, I think he always kind of believes that maybe Brainiac can be used for good at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I can't remember if that was before this issue or not, but it's kind of a moot point, uh, whether it's before or after, because... This issue is the exact opposite, and it's yes. not an evil AI. No, you know, not like, at all. And and the actions of the electronic ghost was just like that of a survival. A survival. Well, it was just it was just a child, right? So it really didn't know what it was doing. It was just yeah. doing its thing. So you can't blame it. It had no evil intent. But yeah, Superman still. And the thing is, like, he admits that uh, it's a child. Like he yeah. doesn't say that are these things just think they're real, mm. which would be more acceptable. But he actually says, oh, Refers these things to are real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, again, I'm not, I'm not like super down on this issue. I'm just kind of pointing out why it's just so weird. Yeah. And doesn't really work uh, for me anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you read the the backup story? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what, what were your thoughts on it? Right. So, um, okay, our backup story is actually reprinted from Superman one eighty one. So, this was written in the early sixties, and this is written by Edmund Hamilton, who's a sci fi writer who loves Superman, which mm-hmm. is always a nice combination, uh, with art by Kurt Swan and George Klein. So it was originally published in Man 181, 1985. So... That's 1965, right? 1965, sorry. 
So I'll read out the two little blurbs I have set up here to set the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most fascinating series of Superman stories concerned the Man of Steel of the future. Created by the master of science fiction, Edmund Hamilton, this saga of Superman's descendant has won great acclaim when originally published. For those who missed it originally, for those who demanded a rerun, here again is the Mighty Man tomorrow. Uh, the grammar's actually a lot better than that. I just butchered the paragraph. <laughs> uh, though Superman is the mightiest man on Earth, even he cannot live forever. Someday he will marry and have a son. Superman 2, who will replace him and carry on as mankind's foremost crusader for good. And so the torch of justice will be handed on through the ages from father to son. But how will the Superman of 500 years from now differ from his great ancestor? Read now a man of steel who is immune to kryptonite, whose fortress of solitude is a fantastic citadel in space, and whose secret identity is Clark Ken T5477, the <laughs> Superman of 2465. Yeah. Um... So, uh, I just before we talk about this, year, I just want to. I like the opening page of all the graves of the previous Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. Oh, okay. So, so there there were more than one Superman, like, because I was under the impression that there was Superman. He had a son, and this son is obviously living. Yeah, you know, Superman lives long, and this son lives long as well. But as Superman one, I take it is is our Superman, and yeah. so there were others. So he's like the great 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 grandfather. This is Superman seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I guess this is an example of Superman aging, um, which I think he generally ages during uh, pre crisis when he gets old, he ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah. So, yeah, I like all the different tombstones. Um, I enjoyed this story. Mm-hmm. But this, like, you know, I mean, it's only like a... It's not like a full issue size. No. But it is very 60s as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, very much so. And I think that's largely the appeal of it. Um, the 60s science fiction kind of writing i didn't really know maybe they just thought let's just lump it in there's no real relevance to this and the previous story um but yeah i'm guessing they just lumped it in yeah but i mean it's a very entertaining tale um so it's kind of like random two things together but um yeah very 60s um i love this imagination from from hamilton uh with what the future holds in mm. 2465 it's just so cool and it was really good as well to um to have done some issues before connor and because uh, i remember I, I can't remember which issues that we've done but we've come across the superman of the future we have um, yeah yeah and and so i love this yeah i love this kind of continuity and you know i, I don't know how this falls um with the issues that we have done but well, I yeah think this is the first story okay maybe. So, so the, the subsequent writers have have um, built on this, but I love it. Like the whole fact that um, you know the water being his new kryptonite, him being immune to kryptonite. Um, yeah. But there were these other things as well. I love this. Um, what was it? Uh, sl- the slowdown. I love that as a punishment. Yeah, uh, that, that was, was so imaginative. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and and how would you? Because we can all see these criminals. We could, that you you know you pointed out because they work they walk really really slow. Yeah. But they're totally harmless. And can you imagine the 
I don't know, just the punishment. You have to low, people whizzing around you at ten times the speed, and you not being able to catch yeah. up with stuff. It's it's a great it's a great idea of a punishment. Um, yeah. So uh, I loved all this imaginative um, thinking for the future, uh, and yeah, yeah, that was a large part of it. And seeing Superman, Superman's descendant, um, play a part. And he looks different. As well. He does, doesn't he? Give credit to Kurt for it. he's not just Superman and Clark no. Kent. Like he, he has a different shaped face and his hair's a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he still looks like similar enough to be a descendant. So they didn't yeah. just go really lazy and make it uh, Superman again. No, although he does still sport the the spectacles, yes. um, which is uh, <laughs> telescopic spectacles. So he, they, you know, he addresses. Hamilton addresses everything, which is really good. Um, what, what did you think of these identities? I love these names: Clark Kent T five four seven seven. Yeah, like it's very it's, futuristic. It's, it's very bureaucratic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love like the Perry White memorial. Don't call me Chief. I'm PW five five nine eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nah, so this was really fun. It was fun to just to, to watch, and I, I got a lot of it, um, a lot of the satisfaction having read other things and, and it tying to that, and I thought, yeah, yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That piffle therefore future slang for completed person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So th- um, I think this is a nice cap-off to the issue, because the other one ended on a downer, but this one was just, like, yeah. crazy and fun. Like, I love the magnet that's... Like, it pulls the Iron Planet into a new course, and, like, he uses the magnetic force from oh, the yeah. sun. That's a, that was a bit so of quick was, thinking, isn't it? Like, all of a yeah. sudden, he somehow invented that or, or modified the satellite. Um, you know, but, a lot, you know, you obviously just take it with a grain of salt. It's a lot of fun. Um, also, the other... The Ultra News I found really cool. Um, so, this mm. idea of everything's broadcast, but, you know, forget about TVs or whatever. It's It's just kind of there above you yeah um really cool yeah really good we have the federation of planets <laughs> yeah oh god don't you love the font for that as well it's just like yeah. scrawled on you know saturn yeah, jupiter it's pretty, just, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty basic fonts like. very basic yeah yeah it doesn't look very official but yeah um, i think they could have done better there um <laughs> yeah 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 but, you know, it's also kind of charmingly simplistic. But that being said, yeah. like, a lot of effort went into everything else. And then you have these, like, nameplates for yeah. the planets. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You've got the planet, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, do you have any final thoughts on this issue? Um... Oh, oh, sorry, the, the, both of the stories. Uh, yeah. No, no, just other... Again, I just want to call out um, Kurt Swan's art. I know we yeah. kind of lord over it, but it really is good. There's a a, a comforting familiarity of seeing his art, and I don't even, like, you know, I haven't even read much Superman, but, like, he, the, he's the way that he draws stuff, especially in the, the first story. Um, to me, I'm kind of leaning towards, and I hate to say it at the moment, but I'm leaning towards, I'm loving this era of Superman. Yeah. Um, it, it's just something that I can read, and as you mentioned, you've got that card cover of, uh, you know, I could I could read I could read a collection of, of this era. Um, yeah. Or, you know, with all its um, 
short sights, uh, shortcomings of, say, you know, how Superman's betrayed or whatever. I, I, I just, I suspend that disbelief and I just oh, enjoy yeah. it for the era that it is. Um, and 70s, yeah, 70s, 60s, I think, is probably my sweet spot at the moment. Um, um, present day Superman is good. I mean, and we've done stuff like Kingdom Come, which is cool. But, yeah. um, but this era where he's, you know, it's just a different world and, uh, it's it's a world that I'm a lot more attracted to than um, yeah than a lot of the problems and hardships that are happening at the moment with modern day Superman yeah um, and and that as well Connor a lot of the detraction has come from this confusion of of these retcons of these characters by DC yeah like, you know I don't know where he stands anymore. Um, I know I drew that graph and that chart, and you've you've told me many times many times about the new Fifty Two and Rebirth and all that, but it's just a lot too complicated. Like just yeah. give me this seventies. Yeah, current continuity is a mess. Like yeah. uh, honestly, pre crisis, post crisis, and new Fifty Two that worked yeah. for me. Okay. okay, three eras, three Supermen. Yeah, well, there was two Supermen pre crisis, but that was you know, simple enough. Um, mm-hmm. But then rebirth now reborn and then 5g where and no one knows what the hell's going 5G. on superman being merged histories are being merged and oh. not, like it's just uh like i mean uh, if i'm reading superman from enjoyment i'm going to be reading something before 2015 mm, okay uh, okay 2015 okay that's still not that far away yeah i mean because yeah. like stuff like john burns run is easy because you know oh that's post-crisis superman yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's not this; it's the other one. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah. Um, but I, I love this era as well, and I think Superman's characterization in this era is generally really good. Like mm-hmm. it's overall, as I've said, like Bronze Age Superman's really overall. Mm-hmm. One of like my favorite, maybe. Um, I mean, each era has shortcomings. Well, like maybe not shortcomings, but things I nitpick about. Because yep. my ideal perfect Superman doesn't exist. Um, actually, it does in Grant Morrison's run. But other than that, it doesn't exist. Uh, so, but like this era, I, I love the 70s. It has so many good stories as well. Like it, it must there be a Superman, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's fun. The fact that this is one of the duds like says a lot because this is still not bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it isn't. And, and I'm sure there are many issues like this. I mean, like... Not just Superman comics, but obviously just comics in general. There are these issues that just come and go, um, and you know, not everything has to be a masterpiece. But that doesn't no. also mean that not everything has to be terrible. Um, uh, things are readable, enjoyable. You know, they're just fun while you, while you're living the moment, and and off you go. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so. Uh, so do we rate this like? Yeah, let's do, let's, rate, do we rate the two stories separately, or do we rate the issue oh. as a whole? Oh, okay. Um, I, don't I feel like we should do separate because the okay. the second story isn't actually like it's a reprint. So yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah let's let's do it separately. Um, I went first last time. Can we do? Uh, what did we do last time? Oh, we oh. did for Vanos everything. Uh, I, I think you went first for that. I think I did, so, yeah. Oh, actually, sorry, Connor, before we... Uh, one last thing. Too. Yeah. Uh, so there's a little 
Um, I'm just flicking through the pages. So in the, obviously, the electronic ghost story, there's a little side bit where Superman, obviously, well, not obviously, he confronts Morgan Edge about the supercomputer. Yeah. And there's a gentleman behind a screen who can't get to them. But there's, yeah, so sorry, there's no. something really, sorry? <laughs> oh, you don't know? Okay, okay. I was about to say, because that, that sounds pretty juicy. Anyway. I, I haven't read much Lois Lane. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, sorry, sorry. I sorry. No, it's all it. good. Yeah. Okay, so um, oh, and I'll put that Crips Not Have More collection in the show notes as well. Oh yeah. And the Superman in the seventies collection because that'll have a bunch of Bronze Age stuff too. Uh, let's see. Um, I'll give this a. I'll give this, oh man, look, <laughs> I'll give it a six. Okay, okay. Because the best things about it are the artwork mm-hmm. and the monster design, which also falls into artwork, I guess. But, and like all the dialogue and stuff, it's fine, it feels fine. Um, but, like, it just. Uh, <laughs> like it, it would just it didn't there's like I want to say it brought nothing new to the table but like that's fine yeah it doesn't have to like, but the just fact that yeah. I guess it's a combination of that and the way the story played out mm-hmm. it just like it just leaves me with a six in my mouth okay um, so it's still good I still enjoyed it mm-hmm. but it's getting a six, and I'm comparing it to other Bronze Age stories as well. And there's just there's better. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. No, no, totally understandable. Um, so, are we doing separate uh, markings? And do you have one for the the backup story? Ooh, yeah, and I also give it six electronic ghosts out of ten. Okay. Electronic ghosts. Because I forgot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the second story. Um, oh, golly gosh. It's hard to rate a sort of vignette Silver Age mm. bit. Um, that's kind of like because it feels like part of a serial. Yeah. Um, so I really don't know like what to rate it yeah. because I I guess I would give it um, I guess I'd give it a seven. Okay. Right. Um, which means it's like I consider it good, yeah, uh, and and it is good. Um, it's just no, it is it's good, yeah. short, yeah. You know, um, and it has that weird font in the Federation of Planets, but like oh, yeah. there's a lot of other stuff to really like there. And, oh, there is, there is, yeah. You know, but like this this imagination is like it, it's I don't want to say it's standard like Superman Silver Age. It's not, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, just uh seven because i just there's not enough for me to rate it higher i guess okay i mean it is it is hard it is a small short story um yeah but um, i mean that's a pretty decent score so yeah again like um you know connor and and myself we we try to be very true to our rating systems and not over inflate things and bloat things so a seven is a pretty good pretty good score i'd say yeah i'll give it Um, seven slowdowns 
Seven so slowdowns, yeah. Seven yeah. years of slowdown. Oh, jeez, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, well, I, I think I'd consistently give... I, I would give a six and a half to both, I think. Um, I really enjoyed, and again, this is no slide, I, I really enjoyed these issues. Um, you know, I give it a six and a half and, and not seven or, or above for, for both of them because... Um, because of the fact that they don't, and they don't have to, they they don't um, um, leave something quite large for the canon of Superman. Mm. They're, they're just stories. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're just stories. I mean, they're actually, it could be argued then that the following story about Superman, the Man of Tomorrow, is building on this kind of the descendants of Superman, which is good as well. Um, I, I love the the science fiction aspects to it. I love the whole stuff about the slowdown, the ultra news. Um, um, Superman becoming immune to kryptonite, all that's very funky, and and I, th- I see that as this is obviously a precursor to my wheelhouse, which is Marvel and and you know twenty ninety nine. It's fun to yeah. see the future of of these characters and the descendants of them. Um, so I very much enjoyed that, um, and and I very much enjoyed the this first story um, because yeah, I mean like I said, it doesn't need to lay anything profound or significant for the rest of the canon but it was still a nice it was still a very cool story uh, it was just it was just fun um the art i think complements this type of story just perfectly um that may be it might be the cart before the horse in that in the sense that um we now see kurt swan's art synonymous with this era but um yep. but to me it's just very very much um they, they work really well together uh, yeah. So six and a half. It's it's a, a story that um, I would love. I would I would come back and and, and read. But yeah, I mean I'm taking it yeah. down a notch because it's it's not like it's not like Superman revealing his identity. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> it's not like a huge um, you know. It's not making huge brushstrokes on the character. Well, and there's also not there's no like. Um there's no huge emotional resonance no. or moments like that. And there's no. also a weak ending as it, well. It, yeah. Help. It tries to do it. It's a little bit of a cheap, a bit of a gimmick at the end by O'Neill to actually slot that in there to try and get some sort of emotion into yeah, the... Yeah. Something into the like issue. that needs to be set up throughout the issue, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Not just kind of tacked on. Yeah, it was, tacked, it was purely tacked on. And that, it, it was kind of a twist. I guess the the argument for that is it was a twist, but it just it still wasn't pulled off very well. No, but look at the end of the day as well. I'm not going to be uh, when I when I read this story or reread it. Like the, my, my takeaway from this is not going to be the ending and about how he, he killed these. Yeah. Um. My my takeaway is that it was a, a pretty cool thing. It was a. Uh, about a, a supercomputer, about AI technology, and um, and the fun action scenes with him. You, you know, in, in that sense, it's very popcorny to me. Um, that was all the strong stuff. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. Yeah. You know, um, in fact, I, I would, I'll be interested to give this story to a sci-fi writer and mm. see what he would do with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So I think they can do a good job with it. Yeah. And maybe have like a bit more of an interesting conclusion as well. Yeah. Um, not not throwing shade at Denny O'Neill. I think, as I said, he's like he did Superman vs Muhammad Ali for God's sake. That's considered <laughs> a classic. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Um, so, 
good stuff. <laughs> it was it was good to talk about these issues. Yeah, it's fun. Things to talk about, and that's always good. Yeah. Instead of just like, oh, that issue happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm um, sure we will always find stuff to to chat about with um, the issues that we cover, Connor. That that's true. Yeah. yeah, we haven't we haven't come across an issue like that yet, actually. No, no, not at all. That we've done in detail, anyway. Like, mm. we we've, we've talked about how much there's like nothing at all about with Bendis issues, I think. But, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, in two weeks' time, next episode, we will be doing yeah. Superman Red Sun Ooh. because the anime movie is coming out this year. So I figured, hey, why don't we do that around the same time? I'm looking forward to this, Connor. This, um, I only know of the title and the the high level concept of it. Um, I'm excited to read this, so it should be good. It Have is you read, you've read it? Highly lauded. Okay, you've read it. I've read it like three times. Okay, and I still don't get why it's so highly regarded. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh, all right. I mean, I think it's good. I think it's a good little character study of Superman, but I am, I don't quite get the following it has okay and i'm sure there has to be something more than hey all the dc characters are russian that's really cool because that's most of the love i see for this book and i'm just like how that doesn't make it i don't know yeah um so i'll be interested to talk about it and this is actually i provided a few options and chose this Mm -hmm. well provided a few options in addition to you can choose whatever you want as well um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because you know it's a, it's a two-man job here, so. Oh um, yeah, no, but I, I chose this Ray Random, so um, yeah, ha- happy to. Um, but yeah, out out of the stuff that we talked about, yeah, looking forward to Red Sun. So, I'm looking forward to reading it again and talking about it. Um, I'm sure we'll get some feedback for mm. it as well. Uh, I would like to do it in one episode since it's three issues. Okay. But I can't remember how long the issues are. So, well, fingers crossed they're not too long because it'd be awkward to break up otherwise. Yeah, I've got a um, digital here. I'm just having a look at it at the moment. It's 167 pages, but that might be a bunch of um, a bunch of stuff at the end. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. There's some sketches and stuff. So yeah, um, so still still pretty substantial. But yeah, let's see if we can right. we can do it over one issue or one episode. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll work it out. Something will happen. But yeah, so I hope you guys look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, until then, uh, <laughs> look for alternative solutions before you kill something if you're, like, invulnerable. Exactly. Or, yeah. if in doubt, hurl a steel beam at, bat at it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, everyone. Alrighty. See ya. Catch you later. Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com. Our Twitter, at lskpodcast. Our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least, Thank you everyone for listening.